Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Meseches Ksubos Daf Lamed Ches. The Gemara on Daf Lamed Zayin is trying to figure out why we need so many psukim to teach us the din of Kimlei Bidrab Minei, that person gets the more severe of the two punishments that they deserve. And the Gemara wants to know, it seems to be superfluous. It seems to be that we have a few psukim that are redundant in terms of the, uh, the need to prove the idea of Kimle Bidaraba Mine. And as the Gemara goes into the Aflam Ches, the Gemara tells us that the three psukim that teach us that you can't pay your way out of a Chi of Mises Beisdin uh, are the following three psukim. The Pasuk of Lo Tikhu Kofer Lenefesh Rotseach, Kol Cherem, Asher Yecharam and Adama Lo Yipadeh, and the word kol, which comes to teach us that regardless of why the punishment uh, was received, you're going to be chay of misa. And from these psukim, we learn that uh, that you're going to be chay of the more chamar punishment that you are going to deserve. And all in all, the Gemara over here proves that a person cannot go ahead and pay one's way out of a chi of misas based in. So as the uh, Gemara goes on, the Gemara tries to understand the pasuk that we have at the bottom of uh, Lamed Zayin, the pasuk of, uh, that exists at the end of Parshas Pichu Kosai, in which the, uh, the Torah tells us the following thing. And the Torah tells us, uh, the Pasuk of uh, Kol Cherem. And uh, from that Pasuk, we learn out once again this idea of Kimle Bidiraba Minei. As the Gemara goes on on Daf Lamed Ches Amad Beis, so the Mishnah begins to tell us of a situation of a Nara who had Erisin with a man and then got divorced from that man. And the Mishnah wonders what would be the status of a Knas in this particular uh, in this particular situation. The language of the Mishnah is as follows. And the Mishnah comes along and the Mishnah tells us on Daf Lamed Ches Amad Aleph that when we have a case of a Nara Shinis Arsa Vinizgarsha. So we have a case of a Nara who went ahead and was uh, betrothed and then uh, divorced after the Arisin, before the Nisuin happened, before the Gemar of the uh, the relationship was uh, was going to uh, was going to be chal. So, uh, in that situation, what is the status of the knas? So, the Mishnah quotes a shita of Riosi Aglili. Riosi Aglili says there is no knas. And Shita of Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva comes along and says, there is a knas, and the money goes to her, as opposed to going to her father, which the Gemara is going to explain exactly why and what the intricacies are behind this, uh, behind this, uh, behind this fine going uh, to her, as opposed to her, uh, her father. So the Gemara then goes on to discuss this machlokes between Rabbi Yosei Aglili and Rabbi Akiva, and what their particular reasonings uh, are. And the Gemara goes back and forth with all sorts of proofs, both ways, pulling from some of the limudim uh, through the psukim and gzir shavas and the like to prove each of, uh, each of their points. It happens to be that the Gemara presents us with the following, uh, with the following uh, contradiction that we have, and the Gemara tells us that we have a kasha de Rabbi Akiva ad Rabbi Akiva, that it seems that there's two different uh, approaches of Rabbi Akiva, both of which are contradicting one another. And this machlokis in the statements of Rabbi Akiva uh, is as follows. And in the Mishnah, we're told that since the Pasuk says, Asher lo orasa, that this woman uh, had not yet gone to this state of, uh, this state of irisin. Uh, so 
Uh, therefore, when dealing with an Ara who is Meurasa, the Knast doesn't go to her father, rather it goes to herself. The other opinion is that it doesn't go to her herself, but rather it does go to her father. So which of these two approaches uh, within Rabbi Akiva is the real Rabbi Akiva? Will the real Rabbi Akiva stay up? And to, just to say it's simpler, so we're presented with the following circumstances, that we have, once again, this Nara who accepted Kedushin, she became an Arusa, and then was divorced before she was able to get uh, to have her marriage uh, be consummated with Nisuin. And uh, we have this uh, this machlokas within uh, the Mishnah and the Brisa, which quotes uh, which quotes Rabbi Akiva. When the Gemara presents the Brisa uh, in the name of Rabbi Akiva, so Rabbi Akiva rules based on the Brisa that the Gemara quotes that the Knas is given to her father. Uh, and in the Brisa, Rabbi Akiva states that it's logical that the Knas should be for sure given to her father. Why? So. We can explain that just like the father of a girl uh, who is divorced after a resin receives the money of Kiddushin given for the betrothal of his, uh, of his daughter, this particular girl, so too he should receive the money of the Knas in the event that she was me'anis um, or mefate, she was raped or she was seduced. And Rabbi Akiva goes on and asks that if it's logical that the Knas for the, uh, the ones or the mefate, the pitoy of a girl who is divorced as in Arusa is given to her father, so... Uh, why would we have this, uh, this Pasuk of Asher Lo Orasa? And Rabbi Akiva comes along and explains that this Pasuk is used for a different teaching and it teaches us Xerah Shava from the Parsha of Ones to the Parsha of Mefateh. And the Gemara goes on to discuss uh, where the money goes. What is this uh, money? Where does the Kesef uh, go? And, uh, and how much is going to be... Uh, Required of the fine to be paid in the uh, in the event of this particular rape or uh, or seduction, and based on this zero shava, so we know that both ones and mefate are going to have a uh, a fine, a knas of fifty shekel of kesef, and uh, basically the gemara goes on and tries to understand this particular uh, this particular zero. Uh, this particular zero shava. The gemara then goes on and has the following uh, the following question. And the Gemara really, uh, when presenting us with these Gzera Shavas, is uh, teaching us the power of Gzera Shava, the power to look at a Pasuk and to, uh, to deduce uh, particular understandings of a halachic principle based on, uh, based on a Gzera Shava. So it happens to be that we have a concept in the world of Gzera Shava that you're only allowed to be uh, to utilize the concept of Xer Shava when uh, you receive a tradition. There's a Mesora from a particular uh, Rebbe that, uh, that this is what the Xer Shava is supposed to mean. And it seems that, uh, that Rabbi Akiva over here, um, you know, that there's uh, some sort of uh, fishy derivation uh, when it comes to, the, when it comes to uh, all of the words that the Psukim, that the Torah is coming to use particularly in our scenario. So we have to wonder why the Gemara suggests that Rabbi Akiva should derive the Gzair Shava from the word Besula instead of the word Asher Lo Orasa, because it's, uh, it, it, it seems that Asher Lo Orasa is going to be the, uh, the main source of derivation. We have all sorts of uh, rulings in the Rishonim as to uh, how this is possible, but really this comes back to the question of how does a person uh, and how does one deduce a, 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 a ruling from a, uh, from a Gzair Shava? So the Ritva comes along and the Ritva answers that a person can't learn out of Shava without a tradition to do so. That 
concept and that principle only applies where there's no misora whatsoever to learn Xir Shavat for a particular law. But what happens often is, is that there exists a tradition, there exists some sort of misora that Xir Shava uh, is uh, played out for a particular rule, but uh, there isn't a misora for which words the Xir Shava uh, uh, comprises. And therefore, for this reason, the Gemara often seeks to and goes ahead and tries to prove that the words used for Xira Shava uh, are considered to be what's called Mufne. The word Mufne in the world of understanding Xira Shava, uh, it the word literally means that Xer Shava is open and it's not used to teach any other, uh, any other ruling. So when we, uh, use Xer Shava, so we're able to go ahead and we're able to, uh, to interpret. And therefore, according to, uh, in, uh, according to the Ritva and according to some of the other Rishonim, the Tosa Sarash, the idea that we have over here is that this Pasuk is basically Mufna and, uh, Rabbi Akiva can go ahead and can understand this Pasuk as he, uh, as he so fit, as he so chooses to, uh, to prove this particular din. There's another approach of the Shita Mikubetzes, and the Shita Mikubetzes answer is that it's possible that the Gemara assumes that there was also uh, some sort of tradition to learn out from the word Besula, that the word Besula is actually the, uh, the Gzira Shava uh, over here, and, uh, and therefore we can learn the fines that are going to be uh, in place based on the word Besula. But as our Gemara goes on, again, we have many conversations about the, uh, the importance of Gzira Shava. What comes out of the, uh, the Daf over here on Daf Lamed specifically, uh, is the idea of Gzira Shava, are the ideas of the particular Limudim uh, that we have, that we say every morning in the words of Rabbi Shmal Omer, and uh, over the course of time, and over the course of uh, Chazal's interpretation of Psukim in Torah She Baal Peh, so we have all sorts of uh, dinim and all sorts of halachos that we can uh, learn out from particular Gzira Shavas. One of the most famous Gzira Shavas, is the Gzir Shava of Chamisha Asar, that the Psukim described the fact that on the 15th night uh, of the month of Nisan and the 15th of the month uh, of Tishrei, so we have many similar rules between Pesach and Sukkis, many similar dinim with regards to the starting times of those particular uh, holidays, and many, uh, many, uh, uh, Dinim that are learned out, many halachos that are learned out from the Gzeir Shava of Chamishasar, Chamishasar 1515. And what seems to the naked eye is something that has very little meaning, uh, to the, uh, to the learner of Torah. So it has a tremendous amount of, uh, tremendous amount of, uh, of depth to it. So the Gemara then goes on to discuss the role that time plays in the based in proceedings. And what would happen if a girl would, God forbid, uh, pass away? Perhaps as she's transitioning from one stage uh, to the next, from a Nara to a Bogeres, um, and uh, what the din would be. And the conversation that we have over here at the bottom of Daf Lamed Ches Amud Beis is a conversation that uh, is uh, generally referred to at the end of Elu Naro, says, Yesh Beger Bakever, Oain Beger Bakever. And... Uh, the Gemara tries to, uh, to identify this based on uh, a statement that Rava makes at the bottom of Lamed Ches Amad Beis and uh, wonders whether or not there is Yesh Beger Bekever or Ein Beger Bekever, which basically means that if a victim died while she was a Nara and she would have reached uh, the stage of Bagras before the Beis Din was done, before the Beis Din uh, finished their proceedings, is she considered to be a Bogeres or a Nara for the purposes of determining who's going to get the fine money that she deserves for this, uh, for the onus or the mafata. There's a uh, a beautiful story that they actually tell based on this uh, concept of yesh beger bekever or in beger bekever, and uh, the story is told of the great Chavim Rosh Hashiva, 
Rasimcha Zissel Ziv when he was a Rasimcha Zissel Brody when he was a uh, a young boy, a young student in the yeshiva in Hebron. So there was a suggestion by Rablazer Yehuda Finkel that he should go back to Slabodka. He should go back to Europe to uh, to check out the yeshivas to see what's going on in the Slabodka yeshivas. So in 1933, Rabbi Sim went with a friend to learn in the yeshiva in Slabodka. And on the way, they uh, wanted to stop off and have uh, some interactions with a few of the gedolim that exist, is, existed in the uh, in that generation. So they went to the home of the rugged shover Gon. And uh, they were speaking and learning with the rugged shover. And uh, this particular sugya came up. And uh, they were speaking about the sugya of yesh beger bekever, ein beger bekever. And the rugged shover said that there's a Mishnah in Kalim that the Gemara can use to answer this question from. Now it happened to be that that year, the Chevron uh, Shiva, Rabbi Mordechai Epstein, passed away. And the yeshiva uh, gave out Mishnayos to learn the Eloi Nishma So of Rav Moshe Mordechai Epstein. And it happened to be that Rav Simcha Zissel knew that, uh, uh, Rav Simcha Zissel chose this, uh, uh, these Mishnayos in Mishnayos Kalim, and he knew them very well. And, uh, and uh, when the rugged Shavar said that there's a raya to Yesh Beger Bekever, Oein Beger Bekever, from the Mishnah in Kalim, Simcha Zissel knew immediately that this is from a Mishnah in Kalim, on, on, uh, in Perak, Yud Dalid, Mishnah Zayin, where there's a very complicated uh, discussion about a kli that uh, requires hazah, requires water to be sprinkled on it on the third and seventh day after interacting with a uh, with a dead body. What would happen if the key if the kli should break on day three, and uh, what's the status of that kli when a person goes ahead and when a person uh, puts it back together? So very complicated Mishnah. In the 14th parak of Mesechas Kalim, and if Simcha Zissel, as a young child, was making his way through uh, Europe to uh, to the Slabodka Yeshiva, and uh, this was the, the the Mishnah that the rugged Shavar had asked him, and he knew it. It was on the tip of his tongue. It was a uh, fulfillment of Vishinantam Levanecha that Divrei Torah should be Michudadim Beficha, and he was able to uh, use this uh, this Mishnah in the 14th parak of uh, Mesechas Kalim to. Uh, Give a suggestion as to whether or not Yesh beggar bakever, uh, Oain beggar bakever, and ultimately the rugged shover concluded that Yesh beggar bakever, that this woman uh, who is uh, who has passed away, she can. Uh, transition into her state of Bagaras uh, when she has passed away, and therefore the fine would uh, the fine would go to her as a uh, as a bogeres, not as a nara. Should she have died in the middle of the court proceedings, so. Daf Lamedches in Meseches uh, Ksubos is definitely a, uh, a daf that has a um, that has a lot of uh, a lot of discussion. Definitely a daf that has uh, quite a bit of uh, of lumdus in terms of gzir uh, shavas, different words, differently mudim, all sorts of uh, all sorts of beautiful descriptions of Torah Shabal Peh, the way in which we uh, look at three psukim as we started, the, uh, the psukim which go ahead and the psukim that describe the idea of Kimle Bidarabamine, the, uh, the discussions that we, uh, that we had based on the Pasuk of Lotichu Kofer Lenefesh Otseach, Kochira Masher Yechorem and Adama Loi Padeh, all of the uh, discussions about Kimle, whether or not a person is going to be able to pay his way out of a Mises based in or not. Uh, and these are the discussions on Da'af Lam of Meseches Ksubos as we make our way through the great parak of Elu Naros.